Welcome back to another episode of, I don't even know, no, does this podcast have a name? Uh, you know, it's the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. It's, okay, it's well, welcome back to the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. If anyone has a name, please send those uh, names over and we can maybe solidify it so that we can go big time here. But anywho, welcome back. Uh, you have myself, Caleb, Noah, say hello, Noah. What's up, guys? And then we also have two special guests today, William and Charles Lovett. Hey guys, how you doing? How's it going? It's exciting. We got the brothers on today. One of the brothers is definitely better at fantasy, fantasy football than the other one, so that'll be fun to talk about. Uh, we'll let you guys decide who's the who's the better one, but. Uh, should be good. I think first thing, though, we had some big news in the Dynasty League in personal lives. And good old Michael Orm, who everyone knows the name, but no one has actually probably talked to him outside of a few of us, um, got married this past weekend. So that is exciting. Congrats, Mike. Noah and I were both at the wedding. So that was uh, that was good times and fun. And if anyone needs to get a hold of Mike now, uh, just let me know, and I can give you his wife's number, and you can just text her instead, and we can maybe annoy annoy him through that route, and maybe that'll help uh, help get some deals done. That that is a good strategy right there, you know. Um, no, it was it, on the off chance that Mike is listening to this during his honeymoon, which I hope he is. Um, it was a good time. Uh, we we got to see Caleb give the best man speech, which. Uh, I have to say, Caleb, you did you did a pretty good job. Aside from deleting your whole speech twenty minutes before the speech, that that part was a little bit of a roller coaster. Yep, did that. DJ came in clutch though to uh, help me to restore that. Um, did it because I was trying to enlarge the font so I could read it better, and uh, may have accidentally hit a button that I should not have. So. That was uh, that was an eventful twenty minutes. Let me tell you, I was ready to wing it though. I was ready to just just wing it and see what happens. But glad that we were able to get that back. We had like three phones and and a laptop trying to figure out how to control Z on a Google Doc uh, in the middle of this wedding. Um, but we got it done, and uh, you got some laughs on your speech. So, you know, and I pulled my back on the dance floor so it was an eventful time for all of us. <laughs> Noah looked like an old man halfway through because he couldn't dance and couldn't walk so that was eventful yeah but yeah I mean we won't jump into my rant of the week yet but Google Docs is high up there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no I mean just the recipe for success is not play basketball in the morning drive three hours to this wedding um you know the back was pretty tight, and then just just one one sudden movement, and and it was over. So I'm getting old. Um, not as old as Preston, but I I'm getting old. So Preston's up there. Allen's also up there. Don't want to forget about Allen. You know, it's true. True. But anywho, we can uh, we can jump into our guests who are patiently waiting. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just, to just kind just of voice themselves over there. Yeah, we're but we're wasting our time over here. So, um, Will or Charlie, which one of you wants to go first? Oh, we'll let uh, Will go first. I think we saved the champ for last. Yeah, that, that <laughs> feels right, doesn't it, doesn't it, Charles? Uh huh. All right, Will. Um, first kind of thing is just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you root for, if people don't know. Um, we'll just kind of start there and, and go from there. Yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Will Lovett. Uh, I grew up. Well, not grew up. I went to high school with Caleb. Uh, I also know Jacob from high school, Preston from high school, Brian from high school. Uh, I met uh, a lot more of you through Caleb in Indiana and at his wedding and stuff. Um, I live in Fairview Park, Ohio, which is about 10 minutes outside of Cleveland. And I am a diehard Browns fan. I've been a season ticket holder since 2019. I got really hyped up for the Freddie Kitchens year, thought we were going to go all the way that year <laughs> and bought season tickets. And despite the disappointment, I still haven't turned them back in. I just keep renewing like the sucker I am. 
And uh, yeah, that's my team. Unlike Brian, I never sold out as a child. I stick with them through the good and the bad. And it's been all bad except for two years. One year of Derek Anderson in 2007 and one year. What a year. One year of COVID just wreaking havoc on the NFL. And somehow the Browns floated to the top at 11 and five that year and beat the Steelers in a playoff game, which is my favorite football memory of all time. So it's a little bit about me and my football background. Yeah, that's good. I remember both of those years. I remember Derek Anderson wasn't even throwing passes to Braylon Edwards that year. Yep. And Kellen Winslow. Uh-huh. I remember that year very well. That was a very exciting time. And I think we only went like 10 and seven, didn't we? It wasn't even like, we went, or 10 and was- six, I guess. It was 10 and 6, but man, we thought we were the stuff because that was the first time in like three decades we had won more than four games. Yeah, it felt like we went 16 and 0. It did. <laughs> Which we then did in the reverse order like two years later. So, or not two years, but. Yeah, yeah 2017 was the 0 and 16 year. Yeah. The Hugh Jackson yeah. experience was a great one. That took years off my life. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. All right, well, I, it's probably best if we just kind of go back and forth here since your stories are not going to be much sim- or much different. So, Charles, you want to kind of jump in here if, if you root for someone different? Uh, you can tell people. If not, you can just kind of jump in and talk about where you're at right now. Oh, actually, yes, Charles, tell who you root for, and then I have a follow-up question. <laughs> yeah, so uh, big uh, – also a big Browns fan. I've uh, enjoyed uh, – Seen a lot of miserable football over the past, you know, many, many years. Um, also, you know, I've had the opportunity to go with Will to a lot of these, uh, a lot of these Browns games and uh, get to make the, the sad, miserable, cold walk of shame out of that stadium where you're really questioning a lot about uh, what in your life has led you to the point where you're coming down here every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I after the last one game that I went to, which was a Lions game, and it was not that cold, but it was cold. I am probably never going to a Browns game again in that stadium. I will watch it on TV. <laughs> uh, the the more you guys talk about the Browns, one, you know, I it's it's relevant because like half this league is Browns fans. But two, it just reminds me of my like Indiana football fandom and just how hopeless, like I I don't know I I don't how have hopeless hope. those Peyton Manning years were Noah. No, no Indiana like college football. Oh, okay. I was about there to say where there has literally never never been any success except for the one COVID year, which will is what made me think of that. Um, where there was nobody in the stadium to watch them play, and they won like nine games, and it was like they had arrived, and then came crashing back down to earth the next season. So, you know, I can I can relate a bit. Um, I would recommend I've just taken up Penn State football because that's my wife's team. So if you guys want to like hop hop on like the Steelers bandwagon, you know, instead, uh, it's an option. You know? You're going to get Allen going here. <laughs> you had to pick the Steelers. Like, you could pick any other team in the world, but that dirt, dirty, disgusting team, please. Well, that's why I'm I jumping on it. the Eagles bandwagon before the Steelers. Oh, I'm jumping on, I'm jumping on the, the Barbie brigade before I'm jumping on the Steelers bandwagon. <laughs> no, yeah. The, uh, I feel like, like the Seahawks is probably right now like and or the Vikings are two teams that you could root for. Uh not a lot of people around here have beef with either of those teams. Um so you know pick one of those and root for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> well that would be uh, good. Caleb, do you want me to go more about background or you said you had a follow up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you worry. We'll get into your background. Um so I'll just I'll just say this. How's it how's it feel to be famous for looking like Dave Portnoy? <laughs> look, no, no, I'm not looking like I'm get, I'm getting Dave Portnoy commenting on the way I look. Well, that too, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, eh, you know, hey, look, I I, I checked that off uh, check that off a bucket list. I don't know why. Uh, I, I mean, you're uh, two time champ in our league and easily the most famous person in our league. 
I mean, yeah, I know Dave Portnoy's tweeting out the videos of you. I mean, you know, I think that's uh, I think that uh, that is something that probably not a lot of people can uh, say that they've checked that box. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you went viral. I need I need a little more context here. Uh, I think Will is probably the best one to tell this story. I'm actually going to leave that with Charlie because he knows all the details, <laughs> and I don't want to divulge something I shouldn't. It's personal. Just, just yeah. remember, Charles, only 10 people listen to this podcast, so you can say <laughs> everything. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so uh, now to, to add a little color to this one, um, uh, you know, I'm in Washington, D.C., um, and I actually – so. Uh, I've been working in DC for the past, you know, since January. Um, so when I started here in DC, I worked for um, a congressman that, uh, you know, little, uh, a few people knew at the beginning, then they came to know over time. And a gentleman named George Santos um, yeah. is working for him. And um, I actually have since moved on. I'm uh, working for a consulting company here in DC, but um uh, we were, there was one day where we had about 30 to 40 cameras probably outside that office. And they, uh, you know, I don't remember what all was going down that day. And there's a bunch of cameras outside the office and uh, we're trying to get uh, the congressman to the elevator and take him down to the floor to vote. And um, the media, they all start running down the hallway after us there in the, uh, in the house office buildings. And um, there's a, a video that one of the reporters got, I'm hitting the, I'm clicking the button to get it to go down and, you know, pretty old elevators. They take a little bit of time to, to get there. And, um, and I'm, I'm just waiting and there's two, right. There's one, your left one, your right. And you're like, which one's it going to be? You're trying to tell like cameras are going crazy. Well, one camera, uh, caught me, uh, sitting there looking back and forth between the two elevators, like trying to hurry this thing along and get him on the elevator. And, uh, Dave Portnoy took that, uh, that video clip and was like, look, he was like, I think the best part of this whole experience is, has been uh, watching uh, uh, the little Santos helpers um, in the hallways of Congress and uh, posted that video out there. Needless to say, that one uh, made the rounds, uh, probably got a couple million views out there. So uh, that, that one uh, spread, uh, spread far and wide. So uh, like I said, that was a, uh, yeah, you know, the Dave Fortner tweet, something to definitely uh, check off the bucket list. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I do have a follow-up question, Charlie. Yes. Were you the one who got uh, Santos on the podcast Macrodosing? So I can't take full credit on that one. Um, we, okay. you know, our team, you know, I was talking with our communications director and like, obviously, you know, the situation was what it was and. I was, we were talking about just kind of creative ways that we could, you know, kind of get him out there and talking to, you know, just not even necessarily about political things, but just kind of talking about, you know, fun things, talking about, you know, life in general and, you know, New York and things like that. So we were like, let's get him on Barstool. So uh, we, we messaged, we sent an email to, I don't remember who it was over at Barstool. We sent an email over to them and we were like, let's do this thing. And, uh, um, they, you know, it turned out, you know, we, we did that and, uh, you know, he went on the Mac dosing podcast and, you know, I wasn't actually there, um, when that happened, I did not make the trip to New York. I was still here in DC, but I guess he ran into, uh, ran into a, a good buddy and Frank the tank over there. And, uh, you know, Frank definitely blames, uh, Blames George for the uh, the Mets woes this year, but you know they. Uh, but no, so he's a uh, he made the rounds with the folks over at Barstool, that's for sure. He did good on the podcast. If anyone's not listened to Macro Dosing with George Santos, it was it was a good time. He did he did good. I mean, they had to come out afterwards and basically say, "Listen, he's a very likable guy." That doesn't mean we agree with everything. So he did. He, he did his job on that podcast. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, you know, it, it, I think he definitely got a, a handful of uh, pretty, pretty uh, interesting and viral clips off that. But um, yeah, and uh, definitely an interesting experience uh, working to uh, help get that all scored away with the folks between our us or me and our team and the folks over at Barstool was. Uh, Interesting experience. 
That's good. Well, on that kind of train, we can uh, we can jump into some some fantasy football talk. Uh, Noah, do you want to kind of lead the charge on this? We can. Yeah. We'll start with Will's team and in respect of Charles dynasty that he's created here. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, we, we can start with Will's team. You know, I, I feel like we've, we've given Charles a lot of respect um, as, as he should have with being back to back chance. But, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see how much, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how much of that is skill versus luck and, you know, not winning the regular season either year, but then winning the playoffs, you know, I mean, he's the back-to-back champ. So, again, I can't say anything. But uh, we'll start with Will. Um, so, Will, I'll just run through your team and then maybe get some initial thoughts from you on, on how you're you're feeling for this season. Okay? Sure. Absolutely. All right. So, just to remind everyone what Will is working with right now, you've got Tua Tungavailoa at QB, um, Derek Henry and J.K. Dobbins at running back, Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins at wide receiver. Dalton Schultz at tight end. And then Tyler Lockett and Rashad White in the flex positions. Um, And then some depth pieces. Brandon Cooks, um, Dalton Kincaid, and the Eagles starting running back, Rashad Penny. Um, So Good call out. Good call out. Yeah, yeah. I had to know. Note that you know stock is fastly rising in someone's head. Oh yeah, plenty. Uh, so, well, as you look at your team, um, just initial thoughts on how you're feeling for this year. So, I guess the word I would use to describe it is pretty balanced. I think that I did a pretty good job this off season of balancing some more established veterans with high floors, and then I sprinkled in some younger players with really high ceilings. So, I, for instance, I have guys like Derrick Henry. Uh, Tyler Lockett, who we know are going to get some pretty solid target shares. And uh, even if they don't explode, I don't think they'll have a bust kind of season. I think at worst, they'll be a running back two and a wide receiver three. Um, And then obviously, Justin Jefferson speaks for himself. In my personal opinion, I think he's the most valuable player in dynasty football right now because of his targets and touchdowns, and he can do it all. Then I think I sprinkled in some young guys like J.K. Dobbins. I know there's an injury right now, but if he stays healthy – I think he could explode under Todd Munkin's new system. I remember when Todd Munkin was in Cleveland, Nick Chubb had one of his best years of his career under Munkin. So I think Dobbins could be really similar. T. Higgins, I think, could put up a really nice year, especially with defenses starting to hone in a little bit more on Jamar Chase. I think he's a great red zone target at like six four and a half or whatever the heck he is. I think Dalton Schultz could have a nice year because who the heck else is Stroud going to throw to? Um <laughs> Nico Collins, baby. he's throwing to Nico Collins all year. Okay, my point is my point is made. Um, Richard White is it's going to be Tampa's going to be an anemic offense, but I think White's going to see a lot of touches in both the ground and through the air. Uh, and then I do like some of my depth pieces. I like uh, Jamal Williams has a chance to shine if Kamara's suspended. Penny, like we said, if he is named the starter, could it, could have a really nice season behind that offensive line. Maybe my favorite offseason addition, I actually traded up in the draft to get him, is Dalton Kincaid. I think that he has a really, really good chance to be that second target behind Diggs and Buffalo. They've kind of, they thought it was Gabe Davis for a while. They thought it was Cole Beasley for a while. They thought it was Dawson Knox for a while. None of them really panned out very well. And I remember watching Kincaid against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. He was very impressive to me. And I think if he takes over that number two role behind Diggs, he could have a very nice rookie season and put together a really nice career. Well, that that was a very complete breakdown of the team. My goodness. I feel uh, like I need to poke all the holes in his argument right there. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I can't disagree with a lot. Um, well, I can. Well, Caleb, I'll let you decide if, if the time is now or later. <laughs> Have at it, Caleb. I don't care. I will say, selfishly, I want Will's team to be a disaster this year because I have been pushing hard for him to trade me Justin Jefferson. So, <laughs> leave it at that. Okay. But I will. We'll just kind of. I think kind of talking through. I think Will has a very balanced team. Will um, could easily be one of the top teams in the league, but I also think Will has a lot of 
a lot of like really low floor, really low floor, really high ceiling type of players. Um, Cause obviously Tua could be QB four or he could be retired at the end of the year because he gets another concussion. And I think the same can kind of be said for Derrick Henry, where we've never seen a running back as old as he is produced like he has. Um, so does he keep it going? Probably because he's Derrick Henry, uh, but he's also almost 30. So you never know. And I mean, JK is digging himself multiple holes everywhere that he's now climbing out of and trying to still climb out of and digging them deeper. Um, I don't know if you all saw the, the lovely quote that he said where he woke up at 3 a.m. because God told him that he needed to have a knee procedure done and texted the Ravens and said, I'm getting a knee procedure done the next day. <laughs> I mean, just like crazy, crazy stuff. So that was, last I think year, there's, though, right? that, that was I don't, about I what, don't know. I'm pretty sure that was about what happened last year, but um, I think it yeah. just tells you where his head's at though. You, know? <laughs> you just, you don't know what you're getting from JK right now. So right. that's the Ohio but, State education that you got going. Yeah, for he, if I remember correctly, it wasn't much of an education for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a lot of surrogates going to his classes for him. Yeah. I'm honestly, I got to look up what his education was, what he got. Come on guys. He didn't come there to play school. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Cardell set that that standard. Um, sorry, I'm trying to see if I can find out where he went to college. Well, while you while you set that, I I honestly think I I think the exact opposite from Caleb. I I, I pretty much disagree. Um, uh, I see like a ton of balance, and I honestly see more like safety than like super high ceiling of yeah I mean Tua could explode but like I I see Tua and Russell Wilson as like you know solid back end RB or QB1 high end QB2 um Derrick Henry he's gonna get a ton of volume um unless he just like falls off the wagon like he'll be he'll be fine JK Dobbins if he stays healthy will get a ton of volume will be fine Jefferson's obviously Jefferson. Tyler Lockett and Rashad White are both like I see them as they'll get volume. I don't know if they'll do anything with it, but they'll be they'll be solid. So in my mind, well, I see you as like one of the safest teams, but maybe like a lower ceiling versus Caleb's comment of high ceiling, low floor. Yeah, I see that too. I think another because he's on the injury reserve right now. I think a high ceiling player for me that we haven't mentioned yet is Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could, I think if he comes back off of suspension and doesn't do anything else stupid, uh, I think he could be a really nice deep ball threat in Detroit. You know, a guy that could get three catches, but one of them's a 50 yard touchdown and he puts up 14 for you. I think that could be one of your boomer bust kind of players on my team as well. A good call. I completely missed that, that he was in your IR spot. Um, I don't he, support people who break the law, so. Oh yeah. I just didn't want okay. To okay. You had Mixon and Kamara at the same time. Your team might as well have been Crips and Bloods, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I do agree. Will's team has a lot of balance. Um, I just I view a lot of his his players as some some if players. Like if Tua can stay healthy, he's very balanced. If Derrick Henry can produce like no one's ever produced before he'll stay healthy if jk dobbins can stay out of his own head if jameson williams is good when he steps on the football field we've seen a couple games from him um and he looked explosive but we don't have a lot of sample to look at there i will say though i think will's wide receivers are extremely balanced i justin jefferson is in my personal opinion yes the number one dynasty asset um t higgins i think is fantastic and if anything was to happen to jamar chase which we're not hoping but like if anything does he's top 12 wide receiver easy tyler lockett produces every year and so i think rashad penny we all know is rb1 so um (laughs) we we've got that but i do see like that wide receiver core right there can win you i mean justin jefferson can win you any week right there and t higgins easily can can do the same thing so 
there is a lot of balance, but there's a lot of, in my personal opinion, a lot of ifs too, or unprecedents that, you know, I mean, Tua, yeah, we don't yeah. even get into Tua, but yeah. <laughs> and then I will also say you have all of your, you have all of your picks for the next three years and then an additional second round pick from Brian in 2025. So, um, balance team with all of your picks moving forward. Um, you know, so who knows? You want two more, Will? <laughs> I know two more and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is that what you were offering? I think that's what you were. That's what I'm offering. Hold on, hold on. For anyone, for anyone not knowing, I've been I've been pestering Will about Justin Jefferson for probably three or four weeks now. Um, yeah, and my latest offer to Will was. Two 2024 firsts and Jackson Smith and Jigba for Justin Jefferson. Still not happening. Still not happening. I was going to save that for the rant of the week. Um, so let, let's oh, put no, that my on rant hold is, for a second. My rant is elsewhere, Noah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's pivot over to uh, if Charlie's not asleep over there, we to, to Charlie's team. Um, Charlie, I'm trying to make a trade happen right now, Noah. Okay. Well, you can multitask over there. Um, <laughs> All right, Charlie. So I'm going to run through your, your team. Um, just, you know, as I read this, just everyone think about how many of these guys were injured last year. And this is still the, uh, the back-to-back champ. So tell me how that happened. Um, so QB, you've got Lamar Jackson, uh, running back Jonathan Taylor and A.J. Dillon. Wide receiver Cooper Cup and A.J. Brown. Tight end George Kittle. Uh, flex Stephon Diggs. Tyler Boyd, and then um, some bench pieces of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Van Jefferson, um, Trey McBride in the taxi taxi spot. Uh, So, Charlie, initial thoughts as you uh, look at your team heading into year three here. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel good about where the team's at here. Um, you got Lamar Jackson, which, you know, obviously there's, you know, he, he struggles to stay healthy, but I think, and I feel good about where my backup's at with Kirk Cousins. You know, he's, he came in last, last year and was able to get the job done for me. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some, there's some um, question marks swirling around Jonathan Taylor right now. I think we're going to get to that here a little later, but I think, we're, when, the further down we go, really where we start to hit the bread and butter when we get to the wide receiving core of Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Tyler Boyd. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you're going to get uh, someone who's, uh, who, who's a nice constant in uh, George Kittle. So I feel, I feel like uh, my team here is in a uh, strong position once again moving into this year. And I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit, uh, little bit of depth with uh and I think that there's also a couple of pieces that I was able to add this offseason in the draft that will be uh, helpful for the future. That's yeah, when good. I look at Charlie's team, the craziest part is kind of what Noah's talked about is Charlie won last year. Lamar Jackson was hurt, right, when yep. he won. Jonathan Taylor was hurt. Cooper Cup was hurt. I have no idea who you started at running back in that championship game. Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which Singletary. is wild. Yep. But when you had A.J. Brown last year and Stephon Diggs, your wide receiving core is totally fine if you lose Cooper Cup, which is an absurd kind of trio of wide receivers to have. George Kittle obviously was kind of doing very well with Brock Purdy during that time. So, I mean – yeah, Charlie's team is definitely still the team to beat. Yeah, yeah. I my initial thoughts are yeah. I mean, a lot of top end guys. I don't know, like compared to Will's team, I don't think there's as, as much depth here. But you legitimately have a guy who could be the QB one, a guy who could be the RB one if he plays, um, three guys who could be the wide receiver one. Um, and then George Kittle, who, you know, he'll, he'll be a top five tight end. Um, so just really, really solid at the top. Um, running back depth specifically is concerning. 
but uh, you've also got all your all your picks for the next three years if you want to make something happen uh, to, to add some more depth as we go throughout the year as well. Yeah, and I think um, just to kind of address the depth there as well, like, you know, I think that I have some some guys that are on the taxi squad that, you know, maybe not this year, but come next year will be uh, great pieces that can kind of be plugged and played into the team. Um, you know, for instance, I have uh, I have Jaden Reed on my bench. You know, I took him with the last pick of the second round. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, – I would imagine that he could be a, a nice little target for Jordan Love, who's likely going to be looking for those check downs. It's going to be kind of a similar situation that uh, – for when he played, you know, at Michigan State, um, some poor QB play there, but, you know, still managed to receive for over 1,000 yards uh, in his junior season. Um, then I got Cedric Tillman. You know, I think if uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, if the Browns don't uh, decide to give him a contract extension at the end of the year, which it kind of, I think, would seem to be that way, especially considering they're going to be dealing with some um, – you know, salary cap, um, you know, challenges with uh, a larger portion of Deshaun's contract going to be hit next year. And then also you have Kendry Miller, who's uh, on my taxi squad there. I, you know, took him last pick of the first round this year. You know, obviously there's a lot of stuff swirling around Alvin Kamara right now, but I think at the least, you know, there's question marks about where he'll be at the end of the season. And um, so I think that there's a very real possibility that we could be looking at three guys in Kendry Miller, Cedric Tillman and Jaden Reed that will be, uh, and they're starting, you know, we'll be starters next year. And um, I think that that can uh, ultimately provide a little bit of depth um, moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point, especially Kendra Miller. I'm pretty high on him, um, especially like next year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he, he could pull an Alvin Kamara and just like take the role like Kamara did. Um, his fresh freshman or what freshman? Oh, my goodness. His rookie year. But, uh, you know, after this year, Jamal Williams and is probably gone. Um, Kamara is probably gone. And Miller could have the whole backfield to himself. So it's a good call out there on the taxi squad. Yeah, and even – you didn't even call out this name, but Trey McBride. Yeah. Is a very touted tight end last year. Zach Ertz is getting old very easily could become that starting tight end there and fill in for Kittle when Kittle eventually starts to decline. Yeah, and I mean, remember, like, Zach Ertz, you know, tore his ACL last year, what was it, like week 10, something like that? So the week last, what, seven or eight weeks of the season, you had uh, Trey McBride, and, uh, you know, I think we saw that he, you know, he got some he got some targets and, uh, and uh, was making some catches, I don't think he had uh, too much going on in the touchdown department, maybe one or two, but, um, uh, but you know, kind of seemed to provide there. So I think that's another guy as well that you're looking at down the road as somebody who could, you know, step in, especially as, you know, George Kittle kind of kind of continues to, to age a little bit. Hopefully that, that'll be a, a smooth transition uh, in, in a couple of years with Trey McBride. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think the, the one name we have to talk about, though, Jonathan Taylor. A lot of news coming out in the last two days. Some good, some bad. Jim Irsay is coming out hot with his comments. Um, so I think it's probably only fitting that we start this question with Noah and then kind of bring it over to Charlie and see kind of Charlie's thoughts on it for fantasy-wise. Um, but Noah, I'll kind of direct it to you. How, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> Listen, man, um, I got I got mixed emotions. All right, so I I drafted Evan Hull, who is now maybe going to be the starting running back for the Colts in the third round of the of the, the rookie draft. So there's part of me that's like, sure, Jonathan Taylor, um, sit out all year. But overall, as a Colts fan, I mean, Jim Irsay has had quite the year. Uh, Jeff Saturday experiment, um, you know, just he's he's definitely a loose cannon. Um, at the same time, with this type, of, like I don't I don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor sixteen million dollars a year like he's asking for, um, especially with Anthony Richardson at quarterback, um, you know, and I think 
the freedom that that gives the team with other running pieces, kind of similar to what we see with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. So, um, you know, it's I, I wish Jonathan Taylor would just say, hey, I signed a contract, so I'll play on the thing that I signed up for. Um, but if he wants to play it out this way, then I hope he just rides the bench for two months. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Come on, no, you're you're gonna ride the he signed a contract three years ago card right now. Pay the yeah. man what he's worth. He's a top five running back in the NFL. Is he? I mean, he deserves it. He was injured half of last year and was injured some of the year before then. Um, and they're not trying to win this year, anyways. So, you know, I I don't see it. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm a little bit more on the the side of the team, but I wish that Jim Irsay was never given a mic or an ability to speak in public again. Oh, I love it. He is he's hilarious. He just looks like he's continually high at all times. So that's also true, and he may be, and he might. Well, he was at one point in his life. <laughs> but Charlie, how are how are you feeling about all kind of the Jonathan Taylor news? Are you Staying pat with him? Or are you wanting to kind of see how this plays out? What are your thoughts for kind of fantasy football here? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I'm sticking with him. I think that he's he's a good running back and he's going to be good, you know, wherever he is. You know, maybe, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to trade him. Um, I venture to say that he's like, I, I think when push comes to shove, he's going to play. Um, and I think that he's, you know, this guy, what is he, 24 years old? And I think. You know, with the injury last year, there's, you know, there's probably a lot there to prove. Um, it doesn't seem like, you know, it doesn't seem like I said they, they're going to trade him. Um, and, you know, if they do, he's going to be good wherever he goes. So I have, uh, you know, I, I have confidence in him. I'm going to stick with him. Um, I think just to kind of more on like the uh, situation, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm going to kind of side here with Noah Caleb. I think that uh, that's why we're happy in Cleveland that we have a guy like Nick Chubb who is worth probably more than uh, way more than we're paying him yet. He shows up every day and uh, you know, smile on his face and just works hard. So I think that that's uh, you know, I think that that's becoming a rarity in the NFL today. Uh, but no, I mean, look, you know, he's, he's a good running back and uh, I, you know, I think he'll be out there. I think that the window of opportunity, especially in today's NFL for NFL running backs is so, is so small that, um, you know, I think he's got to go, uh, Got to go play while he, can't, while he can. Love that call out, Charles. First class organization like the Browns. We treat our players right. Our players treat us right. You know, couldn't ask for anything else. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Waiting to see if Noah has a comment. You know, I've, <laughs> I've just, you know, I'm outnumbered. So I'll just, uh, I'll just say that. I think the majority of the country disagrees with you. And uh, I'll say this right now, though, Noah. That Deshaun Watson deal ain't looking that bad anymore. Ain't looking as bad. You mean the fully guaranteed deal? Um, yeah, you know, Justin I thought... Herbert went and got 215 guaranteed up to like 300. Who did? Justin Herbert. Oh, sorry. The, like, the, the guy who's actually good at football. Okay. Yeah. Um, We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens this year. I saw one video of Brown's camp, and Watson basically threw it straight to a defender. So, uh, you know, he's still shaking off the rust. He is teaching our defenders how to catch a football. Great. That's what he's there for. Someone's got to. All right. Um, so, I want to talk about a trade that happened between the brothers here. Uh, so, last year... And this, I should say, this is one of the reasons that I think Charlie won the, the league. Is uh, you, Charlie, you had James Conner on your team last year um, towards, the, towards the end of the year. So, um, Will, you traded James Conner to Charlie for Tua Tungavailoa. Um, I think this was probably before the, the whole concussion incident. Um, and the the question of how did Charlie win the league? I did just go look at James Conner's uh, playoff 
performance and it was like an RB one each of the three weeks. So um, that, that did pan out pretty well for you. Um, so Will, how, how do you feel about that trade Tua for James Conner um, coming up on this year? I mean, in hindsight, it probably isn't good because Tua had the concussion issues, but at the time it felt like a pretty good deal to me because that's right when Rashad White started to break out. And I knew that I had to get a quarterback because I was relying on Russell Wilson and he and Nathaniel Hackett just were not cutting it. And that's when <laughs> Tua was, uh, that's when Tua was really heating up. So I got him, I think I had him for a week and he helped me win a week. And James Conner was kind of expendable because Rashad White was starting to go off and then uh, made the deal, thought we were kind of trading strength for strength. And uh, it worked out for him. I think it might have worked out for me if Tua didn't, you know, get his brain scrambled on every other play. And, yeah, I, it might have worked out, but Charlie ended up losing James Conner anyway in the expansion draft, and I still got Tua. So, you know, long term, it still might work out in my favor. Charlie, what do you think? Yeah, I think just to kind of echo off that, I think it was a mutually beneficial trade for both of us. You know, I was I was obviously dealing with a lot of injury issues, especially with uh, Jonathan Taylor going down. So I needed uh, I needed a running back. Um, I you know, Tua wasn't going to do he wasn't going to play on my team, right? Like I had Lamar Jackson, and then I had Kurt Cousins backing him up. I you know I, there was there was really you know he was pretty expendable on my roster. And, you know, sure, he provided depth through the future. But I think when I, I, you know, I viewed my team as a in a position where I thought if, you know, guys played to their potential that I could repeat as the champion of the league and win the whole thing. And so I went ahead and pulled the trigger on that one uh, to grab James Conner. And, you know, it worked out for me. Sure. You know, like Will said, I I did end up, you know, losing him here in the expansion. But um, I think that, you know, I, I view it more as I, I traded Tua for uh, a championship. So I think uh, I think uh, a lot of people would uh, go ahead and make that trade again. I certainly would. I I would make that trade every every day. Um, but yeah, it is. It's always hard, like with fantasy football and injuries, to look back on trades and say like, you know, wow someone really won that trade when one of the guys just went down and, you know, their whole season was just a wash. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Tua could be like the QB one for the next, you know, eight years. Um, and then that trade probably looks a little better, but the, the, the championship never, never goes away. So um, you got the running back. Fly, fly forever. <laughs> Caleb, you have it, is one, it is it's one of the few trades that I think you can look at and say both teams got what they were looking for. Like e- even if Tua comes out and he is top three as a quarterback for the next three years, we'll say, I still think Charlie would still do the trade. He won a championship that can't be taken away. And I think Will would stu- still do that trade of saying, hey – Probably wouldn't have won last year, even if I had James Conner on my team. I now have a top three quarterback for the next three years, or whatever he ends up being. But yeah. I think no no matter how good Tua is, I think Charlie would have done the trade. And I think in that moment, there was it was worth it for Will to try and get a piece for the future um, that also he needed last year, as we talked about with Russell Wilson. Um, so unfortunate that we didn't get to see a year from Tua and now the future is kind of what happens if he gets another concussion kind of thing but I think it's one of those trades where even looking back on it both teams are very content with kind of where it ended up for sure yeah um, probably one of the more fair trades at the time it's very easy to pass as the commissioner that's for sure um Caleb, you have any other specific trades on your side you want to dive into? Yeah, I think – I mean, I think another one that Charlie had um, was before last year as well, um, and I think he would do the trade again. I would do the trade again. 
Um, but the trade was I traded with Charlie. I gave up George Kittle to Charlie, who at the time his starting tight end was Noah Fant. Um, so did not really have anything at the position. So I traded him George Kittle, and in return I got Noah Fant and his first-round pick, which turned into Chris Olave. Um, so obviously I was not competing last year. I was the worst team, got the number one pick. George Kittle wasn't going to do anything for me. Um, and Charlie needed a tight end. And as we kind of talked about, won the chip last year. Uh, and George Kittle was definitely a piece of that. So, uh, I don't know, Charlie, if you have any thoughts on that, looking at how good Chris Olave looked last year. Um, but I do think it's another one of those trades that, that pushed you over the edge and got you the chip that you were trying to get. So, Yeah, 100%. Look, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, it was pretty much George Kittle for Chris Olave with Noah Fant now being uh, a known roster and sitting there as a, uh, as a free agent. So it was pretty much just a uh, George Kittle, Chris Olave straight-up trade. Um, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think – it gave you what you needed. You needed. You were looking to acquire draft picks and kind of build the team that way. Um, I was looking to, you know, upgrade and, you know, I'm coming off, I was coming off a championship win and I was looking for, you know, little small spots to upgrade here. And like, to be honest, um, I don't really know where Chris Olave would go on my roster. Um, you know, you, you know, he's obviously a good piece of the future, but I'm already pretty, uh, pretty heavy on wide receivers. So I think, yeah, I think it's another one of those trades that, you know, both, uh, both teams walk away feeling like the winner. No, any thoughts on that one or will, will you can jump in. No, win, win. You guys both got what you needed. It's about it. I I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine a place where I look at my roster and say, I don't have room for Chris Olave, man, that, that would be nice. What <laughs> you know? I aspire to to be there one day, but uh, yeah, I mean, Chris Olave, you know, he fell to what the one oh seven or one oh eight, Caleb, um, yep. which doesn't normally happen uh, for the one oh seven. So, you know, Caleb, you you kind of walked into that. I think that probably looks different if the one like the one oh seven this year was. I don't know, um, like Anthony Richardson. Is that when – I think that's when Kincaid went. Will, is that when yeah. Kincaid? No, yeah, I Kincaid. took Kincaid at six because I traded from seven to six. I think Allen took Jonathan Mango at seven. I think you're right. Um, so, you know, who knows what Mango will be. But um, Olave is a pretty, a pretty good hit rate at the, the 107. So, um. All right, I, I, I want to jump jump into Justin Jefferson. Uh, Will, what would it take for Caleb to get Justin <laughs> Jefferson? <laughs> well, he's turned down everything. I have. The main thing is, is uh, I want to see if I'm competing first because I would absolutely kick myself if Derrick Henry continued to have a career year, J.K. Dobbins broke out. It's like, oh, man, if I only had that one superstar receiver and I traded him away for draft picks. So right now I think I'm too much of a contender right now at the moment. Now maybe if we get halfway through the year and I'm 2-8, and eight, I'll say, yeah, let, let's talk. Um, and also I think it's peer pressure from the league because if I somehow let Caleb have B. John Robinson and Justin Jefferson, I don't think anyone else in the league would forgive me. So I'm kind of the only <laughs> We've one. We've talked standing. about this on the podcast, Will. That is – the worst way to play fantasy football is to look at my roster and not trade because you don't like how my roster is going to look. If it's going to make your team better, then you should make the trade. That sounds like a guy who's trying to win the trade to me. I don't know what you're thinking, Noah. Oh, 100%. Now, well, now hold on. To be fair to Caleb, though, to be fair to Caleb um, – he he has stayed true to that philosophy. I mean, I think I wasn't there. I was doing uh, the I wasn't at the draft uh, a couple of years ago, Caleb, when we made that uh, that uh, George Kittle trade. But I distinctly remember Will texting me after we made that trade, saying everyone here is ticked because they're like, 
good job, Caleb. You just handed Charlie the championship. So <laughs> That's right. And I said, if Charlie wins it, that's great. This is the best thing for my team. And it turned into Chris Olave. And it was the best thing for my team. Yeah, well, if I could guarantee those two draft picks turned into Chris Olave, I would do it. But I can't guarantee that, especially uh, we thought this year's draft was going to be superstar studded. And it really wasn't. So I don't I I'd rather have a known commodity than those two draft picks that could be anywhere from one to twelve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Caleb, it, it's going to be a pretty tall order to to get Justin Jefferson without giving up Bijan, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, or Amon Ross St. Brown. Which those four assets alone are very impressive to have on the same squad, but. Uh, to keep all four of them and add Justin Jefferson, man, that it'd take a lot. But you do. Have I'm, to I'm pretty picks. sure at one point in time I offered Will two 2024 first, a 2026 first, and Debo Samuel. Yeah, still you did. That's that's still. not one of the assets that I just mentioned. <laughs> There we go. Thank you, Noah. I need a blue just, chip. I need a blue saying, chip, Caleb. I'm offering a lot of draft picks. That's and why. known commodities. Maybe not top five known commodities, but known commodities. Caleb, right now we're at the poker table. You just keep stacking your whites in front of me, and I want at least one of those blue chips. That's the bottom <laughs> line. I'm not pushing my blue chip into the middle of the table if you're just going to stack every white you have on it. It's okay, Will. Noah did the same thing. I went to him. I offered two firsts in Debo for C.D. Lamb, and he said no. So I was closer. C.D. Lamb is not Justin Jefferson, but uh, I do not like Debo. So uh, that was a no. That makes two of us. Yeah. But I did offer JSN. It's not Debo, so it's fine. All right. Um, last, last thing before – we get you guys out of here. Um, just thoughts on each of your divisions here. Or, well, I, I'll give Caleb if, if Caleb has any other last, last thoughts. But let's talk about divisions real fast. Um, Charlie, your your division, um, you've got Jordan, Brian, and Allen in in your division with you. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on just doing divisions this year? Uh, what your division looks like? Uh, just wherever you want to take it. Yeah, no, I, I like the divisions for sure. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's going to add a little bit more um, competitiveness to the league, right? Like, you know, there might be some divisions where there are good teams that don't make the playoffs, but then there's also, you know, some t- some divisions that might not have a ton of good records, but somebody's still going to make the playoffs, right? Um, so I I I, I like the uh, the idea of divisions as far as my division goes. You know, in terms of like where I think everybody finishes, like I, you know, I think I'll win the division. Um, I think that Jordan also has a has a good team. Um, I think he'll probably come in second. You know, I, I, you know, there's you know a couple question marks there. Obviously, you know, Joe Burrow. We're not really sure what his status looks like for the beginning of the season. Um, and then you know, with no, if there's no Joe Burrow, what does that do with Jamar Chase and things like that? So you know, I think there's a couple question marks there. But I think overall, he's got. He's got a nice team. Um, I think I would. Uh, I, I think uh, third, I would say, would be uh, Brian uh, with his uh, with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles there um, <laughs> coming in coming in third. Um, if, you know, by the way, uh, you know he's been he's been very um, or I guess was very insistent on trying to get um, AJ Brown. I think that would kind of that would complete the. Uh, that would complete the the Eagles roster there, but um, and then I'm gonna say uh, Allen's gonna uh, come in fourth. However, you know, I, I think that I think that overall it's not gonna be like a huge drastic difference between you know first place and last place. I think that it's gonna be a division that um, will be decently competitive, and I think that I think it'll just come down a lot of those head to head matchups, which is also another thing that I really like about the new uh, division format is that it kind of almost creates a uh, extra elevated importance on division games because obviously those are going to be the teams that you're trying to fight with to uh, make the playoffs. For sure. Yeah, no, I'm completely aligned with just the divisions and 
the competitiveness that they'll bring. Um, yeah, the the Joe Burrow going down uh, affects Jordan in more than one way. So I think we talked about how his team's pretty top heavy to begin with. So if that Burrow Chase stack isn't happening, um, then Brian might sneak into the playoffs. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I think that it's a definitely a fair assessment. Jordan, if you wanna you wanna get some assets for Jamar Chase, just hit me up. <laughs> um, all right, and then Will, you are in the division that we have called uh, the Gauntlet or the Division of Death or whatever you wanna you wanna call it. Um, so you've got Michael, Maya, and Preston in the division with you. Um, so no one who is uh, started professing that they're going to tank this year uh, aside unlike the other two divisions uh so what are your thoughts as you look at who you'll be competing with this year well my thoughts are i have a conspiracy theory that caleb put me in this division so i would stink and trade him justin jefferson that's my <laughs> that's my thought uh it was barred rig this whole thing uh we're gonna send this to the fbi and it's gonna be right in the file next to who killed jfk like, we're talking that level scandal here. But in all honesty, <laughs> Mike, obviously Michael's team, I think, is the best. Um, I do like my team as the second best, although Maya, with all those running backs, has a very high floor because he has a lot of running backs that are going to get a lot of touches. I just don't know how high his ceiling is with lack of, with lack of explosive playmaking from his receivers. I mean, Mike Williams and Chris Godwin aren't exactly – big game kind of guys. They're, they're just kind of steady, reliable. Um, but I think he's a very formidable and I worry about him a lot. And then Preston is very much a wild card here because he relies so heavily on Browns players, which I'll admit typically is a really bad bet to make. Um, but I mean, if the shot, if Deshaun Watson turns into 2020 Deshaun Watson, that probably means that Amari Cooper is turning back into a wide receiver one. And then Nick Chubb is going to get a ton of goal line carries. So that that trio could really carry him if, if Deshaun turns into 2020 Deshaun Watson, and then he would be a very formidable team. So, yeah, I think any one of these teams could be really, really good this year and win the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Will. I think, I think Michael's, Michael's got a squad that is very formidable. I mean, he's been in contention the last two years. Um, and he was in the championship um, last year. And, I mean, who knows what happens if some of those final games get played. Charlie probably wins, but you never know. Um, so Michael could have a chip. Um, does not, but could. I think we talked about your team a lot. I think your team could easily win this division as well. Um, and, I mean, Maya is going to put up. Whatever the league average for points is, if it's 130, Maya's going to put up 130 every week. He's going to score the league average every single week. And <laughs> that will that, that will either win him a lot of games or make him very frustrated. And it's hard to tell which which one that's going to be. Um, but he, he is going to have such a consistent point output um, this year. And then as you kind of talked about with Preston, I mean – I personally would not bet on Browns players, but hey, if the Browns turn into the Eagles from last year, that bet's going to pay off. So um, it really all kind of just depends on on what happens there for Preston. But yeah, I agree with the kind of a lot of what you're saying. I could see, I could see any of the four teams making the playoffs. Um, I think I could, I could see you, Michael or Maya, winning the division. I don't know if I can see Preston winning the division. But I can definitely see Preston sneaking in as either the, a third team that makes the playoffs from that division or um, being a, the two seed in that division. Yeah, and, and to address the conspiracy theory comment, um, it, it, there was no conspiracy. Uh, if there was, Caleb and I would not be in the same division. I guarantee you that. Um, we, we legitimately... Like in the same division. Yeah, we, we had it we had it auto calculate and then we saw the results and I was like, I mean, I know this is cheating, but can we do it again? <laughs> and we, uh, we decided to be, to be honest and, and just run it with the first. So, uh, 
yeah, I don't love being in Caleb's division, um, but I don't think that there's anything, uh, you know, holding you back, Will, from, from holding on to Justin Jefferson forever. So you can do that. You guys know I'm an accountant, right? I could have came in and audited your processes there. Might have added a third level of uh, integrity to it. <laughs> Truthfully, maybe next time. it was all Caleb, actually. You know, I, he just sent me screenshots, so maybe. Okay, that is the shadiest thing you've said yet. <laughs> <laughs> that made it, that took all the integrity. You should not have said that. That just destroyed its integrity. It was all Caleb. <laughs> I forgot. I think of another slippery wizard like Caleb to pull a move like that. <laughs> it was all me. I will. I will admit to that. And it also didn't help that Noah said we wouldn't have put ourselves in the same division. And my response was, I like being in the same division as you, Noah, which is not helping my case either. But I will say, when's Noah, the ESP? When's the ESPN thirty for thirty come out on that? I I asked Bard. I put people into the groups that Noah told me to. Bard came back with the same answer. Noah even tried to convince me we needed to redo it. Tried to redo it with ChatGPT, yeah. and it still put Noah and I in the same division. So we just <laughs> rolled with the first one. <laughs> really, really, give me a peek behind the curtain there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what the screenshot shows. Maybe the screenshot shows the whole Bart interaction but uh who knows Screen, know? screenshot shows put will michael maya and preston in a league together so i can get justin jefferson and divide the other eight teams into two groups that was the exact bard sentence that i wrote i mean you know that wouldn't hold up in court right like people would say oh yeah there's definite caught there's definite causation right there <laughs> There is a definite correlation here that is not on your side, Caleb. Good luck convincing a jury you didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> well, you're the first person to be upset about the division that you're in. No, I'm just messing with you guys. I'm sure, Caleb, I'm sure it was up to snuff. I'm just, you know, throwing <laughs> things out there. You know your pals on macrodosing would love to dive into this. They should. That's who needs to, yeah, Charlie, hit him up. Get him in this... Uh... This Dynasty League conspiracy that Will's got going on. I'll put it on my to-do list. There you go. All right, guys. Well, um, Caleb, you got anything else before we close it out? Nothing else. Okay. Well, thank you both for your time on this Sunday evening and joining us. Um, It's fun to just talk as we get closer and closer to the season um, and wish both of you the best of luck. although I am rooting for a different champion this year uh, and not a three-peat. So, thank you, guys. Truly were. You want Will to give me Justin Jefferson. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you out there you on will. the fantasy field. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right. See you guys. All right, and for segment two, uh, as previously mentioned, Caleb has a rant of the week. He'd really just like to get off his chest, Uh, and it's not Justin Jefferson related, surprisingly. So, Caleb, um, what's got you fired up this week? Yeah, it really should be Justin Jefferson after that 60 minutes, if anyone's made it to this point, um, of just (laughs) Will purposely not trading him to me because he doesn't like the way my team's going to look at the end of the deal. But... It will not be that today. We kind of touched on this earlier. Uh, but Google Docs is – that app is – we'll keep this, you know, so we don't get the E symbol by our podcast here. But that app is so bad. The fact that you can't control Z within the app, like it was – I mean it was a speech, whatever. If that would have been something important and I can't get it back because I can't control Z or revert back in the app, and then I try and go – you try and go online, you know, you try and sign in on Google Chrome on on your phone, and you hit sign in, and it takes you back to the app. Like who – whoever designed that designed that just to make someone mad when they make one small, minute mistake, and they're just like, hey, we're just going to – we're just going to, you know. Ruin your day because we we're not gonna we're gonna show you. Hey, here's all the revisions that you've had. 
but you can't click on them to you know revert back you got to go do that on a computer because that makes total sense google um so not really sure who did that but that is atrocious on their part for not being able to not being able to do that and before anyone thinks you know let me go google this because i'm sure caleb just missed something online I had Noah on looking at this. I had another person looking at this. I had the DJ at the wedding looking at this, and no one could figure it out because Google is terrible. <laughs> cross, uh, cross Caleb's rant on Google uh, off your bingo cards for all of you playing. Um, I would not have called that one today, but. That's what Caleb's upset about. Uh, to be fair, it was a very stressful 10 minutes. Um, but, you know, you, you could have winged the speech and been fine. But, you know, you did just basically call Mike's the speech in, at Mike's wedding as not that important. Because, um, you know, what if it was actually an important document? So I don't know how Mike's going to feel about that one. Odds Mike makes it to this point, not very high. <laughs> As we all learned at Mike's wedding, Mike's phone battery is not high enough to make it to this point in the podcast. That's fair. That's fair. Now, okay. I, now he needs to make it to this point. <laughs> Brian will make it to this point. How many minutes have we been recording? 64. Brian will make it to this point 65 minutes after Noah posts this podcast. <laughs> well, um, it'll probably be posted at like 7 a.m. tomorrow morning because I'll edit it and then schedule it to to post so you know get up early brian get started on your day also real quick for anyone who has made it to this point waivers running every day does start on tuesday um so just be aware of that that starting on tuesday waivers will run every day and end at 9 p.m or 8 p.m 8 p.m that is i i did not know that so i i'm glad that is good to know um august 1st is tuesday that is that is this tuesday wow july is over crazy okay well caleb thank you for your your angry rant and and your time this evening um it was good to connect and uh we're gonna blink and football is gonna be here i'm ready i am ready (laughs) all right well um thanks again And we'll talk again soon.